What's happening, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Rocket Ship Podcast. Uh, before we get into this episode, just a little bit of an overview. Uh, we will be having our very first interview, which is my buddy Sean. Um, really excited about it. We actually recorded it earlier in the day, uh, but we had some issues with Anchor, so we just had to re-record it right now, which is uh, Wednesday night. Um I think it was great. You know, I think there was a lot of, of stuff that we know and what we can work on for future episodes. But hey, knocking out the first one with a good buddy uh, is a win-win for me. Um, before we get to the interview, though, I am going to cover just a couple things. Uh, you know, in the past couple episodes, it's really been a one-person show talking a lot about uh, expectations and really what kind of goals I have for the future of the podcast and just life in general. So to recap on those things, uh, we're doing a fitness challenge a podcast, and hopefully hopefully writing a book. Uh, so with the fitness challenge, we are still doing that, still going to the gym, still tracking our numbers on my zone and all that good stuff. And then as far as the diet goes, we're still focusing on the intermittent fasting, overall lower carbohydrate style diet. Uh, I will say that it's not extremely low carbs because I am still doing a little bit of, of uh, like for instance, quiche for dinner today. Um, and, and I haven't cut out beer yet. So uh, it's definitely a no-brainer to cut out alcohol at some point of this challenge, and I think that that's probably on the cusp. I just haven't done it just yet. Um, but it's been going well. Uh, the workouts have been great. Typically, want to see about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll try to go every day, or that's at least the goal, uh, in doing more of a lower body one day, upper body the next uh, and focusing on different muscle groups. But I feel like it's been working. I feel like I, I am getting some good exercise. So I'm really excited to see the long-term goal and at least the long-term results. Um, as far as where we're at for the podcast, so we've learned a lot along the way already. We're only into episode three, and I'm really excited to see what's to come from it. Uh, we've found out that Anchor is not always super reliable, especially when you're trying to record online with a friend. Uh, so I'm currently seeking out solutions for that. Um, and just in general, you know, best ways to to record, best audio tools, uh, working with the, the, the microphone and trying to figure out exactly how this thing operates. Um, but it's been pretty good. You know, we are still hosting through Anchor, but there's a ton of other solutions out there. Uh, and people have actually sent some recommendations into the direct messaging on Instagram. So keep that up as well. I definitely am excited about the folks that are, are letting us know what they like, don't like, and what to work on for the podcast. Again, that's at Instagram, Rocket Ship Podcast. Uh, and then the last step is the book. So really haven't gotten too far into the book yet. You know, my aunt actually sent some pretty cool links uh, about self-publishing and some of those details. Um, I've found some good resources online. There's some good YouTube videos. Reddit has some good ideas. Amazon has good links for it. So there's a lot of stuff to take in and read. Uh, as far as a title and an idea goes, we haven't really locked in on one. I had a couple of beers with a buddy last week and we were kind of shooting a shit, <laughs> picking, you know, what topics to talk about. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I love you, but you are a worst case scenario guy sometimes. So why don't you write about living with that and, and you know, how it operates? And we, we were cracking up at the title. We were talking about potentially saying 
um, how to unexpect the expected. So we wanted to focus on, you know, things like finding the positive in scenarios instead of dealing with that upcoming worst case scenario or the feeling of, of that worst case scenario. And a lot of that I think stems from anxiety over the years, uh, but feeling in a better place with that stuff. I've found that as you implement more of the positive processes around things and kind of focusing on what could go right instead of what can go wrong, um, you do learn a lot. And I think you do grow a lot as well. And it makes you a little bit more optimistic. So that's one idea. We're still bouncing that around. Uh, I haven't locked in on anything yet, but it is a, uh, it is an idea. So we've got something. Um, I think the stage we're in for all three of those things is really the foundational stage. So we haven't gotten too far. We've marked out the foundation. We're starting to lay the stone. Um, but I'm excited to see where we go next. And, you know, we start building that launch pad and finding out where we can go and where we can get. Um, step one, this interview is a big step, right? Figuring out how to do an interview and really trying to lock in a dialogue. Um, I, I really enjoyed it and I, I hope you guys do too. Uh, but that's what episode three will be kind of all about. Um, episode four and five, I'm planning on being solo again. So I'll try to find some really interesting topics to cover. So I'm not boring you. Uh, and then we're going to work on some interviews from there. So we've got a couple things laid out and we've got a couple good ideas in the pipeline, uh, which I am very excited about, but without further ado, um, Let's introduce the interview with Sean, and I hope you all really enjoy it. Thanks. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, I do have my uh, very first interview here on the Rocket Ship podcast, and his name is Sean McDonald. Uh, I've known Sean since about fifth grade, which we're going to get into. But uh, yeah, without further ado, here's Sean McDonald. How's it going, Keith? Thank you for inviting me on. Um, I know you've talked about this for a long time and it's good to see you finally uh, making it happen here. I know this has kind of uh, been some bonfire conversation over the last couple of years. I know your brothers have talked about it, your friends and, you know, here you are, you're actually doing it. So uh, honored to be your first guest here today. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way, man. Happy to have you. I know it's uh, one of the things I guess we already talked about, but um yeah you know i've had the idea for a while now and i just wanted to see what we could come of it you know and no better time than than now to dive right in so <laughs> throw you to the wolves first i figure you're, you're you're a good first victim oh perfect yeah i'm probably gonna make a fool out of myself but we'll see we'll see where it goes <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's start from scratch bro so uh as people don't really know yet, um, I've known you for a, a pretty damn long time. I've talked about it on here on the podcast before that, uh, you know, grew up, was born in Boston, Newton, and then moved to Framingham. Uh, yeah, shit, like end of fifth grade or fifth grade. And yeah, fifth grade and uh, lovely Dunning Elementary School in Miss Shapiro's fifth grade class. And that's where I met Sean. We uh, were, were friends quickly, had a sleepover the first night, made some creepy crawlers you know, through some eggs at people's houses, not a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, I think I first spoke to you, we were taking a piss in the urinal, uh, you were wearing a no fear shirt. You know, those were pretty popular back in the day. It said something like, it's like stealing candy from a baby. And I thought that was hilarious. My fifth grade self. And, you know, 
it was all kind of uh, history from there, man. Mushroom um, cut and earring and all. Well, yeah, I don't know if we. I, I think the earring started like seventh grade, but uh, <laughs> definitely the mushroom cut. You had kind of a, you know, a modified curly-haired mushroom cut, and I had more, you know, that classic straight hair look there. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was like the uh, kid on uh, on Home Improvement mushroom cut because my hair is too curly, so it was, it was the poor man's mushroom cut. I didn't have the official one. Had the, had the little fro going. <laughs> yeah, that was classic, man. I, I don't know what happened to your fro, but uh, back in the day, that shit was a lady killer. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That thing was fucking terrifying. <laughs> I can't believe how long that shit got when I uh, saw some pictures of it recently. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, hindsight's 50-50, as Cam Newton says. And uh certainly was in this scenario. I don't know if I'd go back to that if I could. But uh, yeah, man, you know, I, I wanted to have you on today just to, to shoot the shit, have that first interview. Uh, and, and like I said, you're, you're as good as anyone to have on here. You've definitely had a pretty exciting, interesting life. And, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about your history before you jumped on, like what we would cover and, and you know, in true Sean fashion, you're like, no, nah, man, no holds barred. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. So we can dive into a lot of that. Uh, but really, you know, starting out, like we said, grew up fifth grade, went through middle school, high school, all that stuff together. And then, you know, we were buddies all the way through. Um, maybe we'll get into a couple stories and talk about how we were, I don't, I don't think we were arrested when we were in like seventh or eighth grade, but definitely got taken home by the police for lighting a, a fire that got a little out of control. So we may maybe be able to dive into that. But um, I think the real, real thing we want to talk about and dive in, just get a background of the, uh, you know, this thing's called the, the rocket ship podcast as they, as they call it, as it's named. Uh, so really where we're at with this, and I kind of said it on the introduction to today's episode, but it's about laying down the foundation. That's where we're at right now. And, you know, as we grow from there and expand, it's, it's kind of that journey. And uh, I think that's what these first conversations will break down to. So, yeah, man, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, for the people that don't know Sean, you know, Framingham, and actually I'll let you go into that and talk a little bit about like that connection we have to Newton and, you know, what happened from there? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, the connection to you was definitely probably a little bit stronger than most because we had, uh, we have a connection. Uh, you know, my, my parents were both from Newton, grew up in Newton, moved to Framingham in their early twenties when they started having kids. And, you, you know, you live in the first couple of years of your life in Newton as well, uh, up until fifth grade. And, um, you know, our families kind of had, uh, mutual friends in, in high school. My mother went to high school with your uncle. My aunt went to high school with your aunt, you know, it's kind of, uh, interesting that we learned that about each other and kind of built from there. Um, but yeah, your, your family, I, I consider probably, um, you know, like a second family of mine, your bro, your whole family, your brothers, your mother, your father, just were kind of staples in my life growing up. And, um, you know, even to this day, um, you'll still find me over at your brother's place on the lake, uh, every weekend I can in, in light of you not being around anymore, being down in North Carolina, I'm still kind of, uh, keeping myself connected with your family for sure. Um, yeah, same, same but, rules apply you know, on, on our side too, you know? 
Mike and Eric still hang out, who's Sean's brother. And, you know, I was always the oldest. Um, so some of my first ass whoopings came from Sean's older brothers growing up, which is pretty fucking hilarious too. Uh, you know, we used to try to give them shit and they would just beat, beat, beat the brains out of us. Yeah, you know, they used to call us pussies and try and kind of kind of kick us while we were down. But uh, the greatest part of all that was, you know, them kind of bringing out the courage in both of, both of us to actually kick their fucking ass every once in a while as well. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that was good, I guess, uh, practice as far as, you know, if there were any high school fights going on. You know, I knew at least I could kick somebody's ass who was a couple years older than me and about 40 pounds heavier than I was at the time. So, you know, that was always good. Um, but growing up, man, yeah, you know, uh, lost my father pretty young, um, raised by my mother. Uh, you know, we kind of uh, lived downtown Framingham, uh, which is if anybody's familiar with the area, it's kind of the shithole of the town. Um, you know, and, and watching her kind of rebuild her life after my father died, you know, work three jobs. She, she was working at a Chinese restaurant when I was about four years old, um, putting herself through college and things like that. And, um, you know, you spoke about this being, you know, rocket ship podcast and talking about kind of, uh, building your brand and, you know, overcoming obstacles and things like that i mean i had a great example of that type of you know influence of my life growing up um oh yeah no question but yeah you know she was the uh very the bomb kathy (laughs) oh go ahead i'm sorry oh no i was just saying uh yeah yeah no we all we all had a good role model in in kathy she's uh she's the best i think uh I know it's been, it's, it's crazy now. Cause like living down here, you know, we have so many stories at, at Brook street and that house. And uh, it's just like, it's wild that I haven't seen everybody in, in quite a while, but you know, still keep up with like social media. And I think that's probably the best part of it, but yeah, man, you know, it's so crazy. Cause you know, we knew that story a little bit or lightly back in the day, but never knew like the, the depths and the detail of it. So yeah, those fucking journeys, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, and it sounds so, so cliche and stereotypical, but all the people that you talk to and, you know, everyone's kind of on their own journey right now, but all that shit that you just never hear those kind of stories, you know, from everybody. And, and it's, uh, it's interesting, man. And it shines things in a new light and just shows you how awesome those people are. Cause you know, it's not like she was like boasting, like, Oh, I went through this and had this much of a difficult time. She's been awesome. Awesome. She's an awesome person. And, uh, you know, then we got to meet Rick and Rick out of that. We've got stories for days for him or like, uh, McElman as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we could, uh, save McElman for another time. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I just, I just want to say like, you know, a lot of times when you look at, uh, success stories, I know you talk a lot about, writing a book and and gaining a million followers for this podcast. Like, uh, you know, there's somebody that's going to listen to you a year or two from now and, you know, think you're a success story. Hopefully. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Right. Um, but a lot of times people don't really 
understand, you know, what it took to kind of get to that point and the bullshit and the hardships that people have to go through. I mean, every, everyone who's successful, who's done major things in their life, you know, there's a lot of hard times that come along with it as well. And, um, yeah, you know, a lot of people just overlook that. They think it's an overnight thing. You know, they think, um, success can happen instantly and it's, it's definitely not, you know, not that, that way at all. Oh, so. Dude, I think so. Specifically in this generation, I'm guilty of that a lot of times too. You know, you want that instant gratification and, and you don't realize all the stuff that these people before us have put in. And, you know, it's so funny because for the, the people listening, all, all five of you, uh, who I appreciate every single one of you, but you know, Sean and I talked a little bit earlier and it was pretty funny because we were, we were pretty energetic and talked about a lot of just random shit, but you can tell that a little, a little later in the afternoon, we're getting a little de- deeper and I'm actually happy about it because this is kind of perfectly in line with what, <laughs> what I want to talk about on this, on this podcast. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, we kind of mentioned was, yeah, you got to like work your ass off to get places that you want to be. I think a lot of different times it ends up being placement and, you know, part of the structure of this is getting a better idea of like what works and what doesn't work work and you know the trial and tribulations or whatever uh of becoming a success and there's so many different podcasts out there that talk about it but really my goal here is just to talk to everybody and and kind of hear the shit they do and and, you know get to know them on not only a a surface level but a deeper level for for everyone that that is listening uh one of the 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 quotes that i read recently and it's from a marketing guy and, and he's got some pretty great advice but you know he was talking about just the fact that everyone out there is, is kind of doing the same thing these days and i totally agree with his sentiment uh you know you look on social media you look pretty much anywhere even some brands are just copying each other right doing the same shit uh and, and there's got to be somewhere out there that finds that new channel or finds that new path um you know what we kind of get caught up in, especially now, you know, you're following, you're clicking, you're liking all this shit, but the way that everything has been doesn't mean the way it, it, it's the way that it, it's always going to be, or it has to be. Uh, and, and I'm not saying in any means that I'm a, I'm a trailblazer on this podcast. Anyone that is listening can tell that very, very quickly. But part of this journey is I, I, I want to find a different way and, and take a different path. And uh, I'm hoping that, it works out that way, but it is something to, 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 you know, take in and marinate a little bit to think about that. Right. You, you don't have to regurgitate all the shit that's out there. You can create something from nothing. And, and I think that that's what's missing in a lot of society today and a lot of businesses, right. We're all so connected and so close that a lot of different opinions become our own. And, and we're all like channeling into the same circle when it's like, Hey, let's take a step out of here and just create the fucking path and see what we can do with it. And, and that's kind of what excites me about this. And, and that's what kind of excites me about having you on here. Um, you know, you definitely didn't take uh, a straight path to, to your successes. And that was one of the things I always looked up to you about, man. You know, you've always been like the kid that can definitely talk to everybody, uh, you know, shoot the shit with pretty easily, won't drive on the highway, but you, you'll do a lot of other things, you know? So, uh, like for instance, go into wow. the, yeah. go into the fucking military, and, and I I know we talked a little bit about going deep into a military conversation on another episode, but dude, tell us about like what drove you to that, right? So you were in high school. For anyone that doesn't know, we were all doing the same thing, like 
drinking beer, smoking, whatever, smoking clove cigarettes, and you were in different bands. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know Sean, Sean's an awesome fucking drummer. Um, you guys still have an Instagram account? Yeah, actually we do, and it hasn't been updated in quite some time. We've got a couple clips up there. It's just, you know, in your almost mid-30s now, trying to get a band together and fucking you know, put out some, some tunes. It's just a little bit harder than it used to be. Um, but if anyone is interested in, you know, taking a little gander at it, um, the unfeigned is the, uh, Instagram. Might need to spell That's U N F E I. Yeah. V U N F E I G N E D. Simple as that. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And and yeah, you guys do have some good shit on there. I've definitely heard it, and, and yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, dude. So tell us how you went from there to decide to go into the fucking army. You know, and, and it's pretty deep decision, drastic choice that can definitely change the the course of your life. And uh, sounds like it did, and and you know, in a good way. But yeah, I'll let you take that. Yeah. So you know, I I didn't go to college right away after high school. I worked for a couple of years. I was working on a computer parts company called Cheever Industries for a few years um, after high school. Um, I went to high school for plumbing, did that for a couple of years as well. It was miserable work. Um, everybody hated their life. And I, you know, I decided to take another route and get into the IT industry. Um, worked there for a couple of years and, and kind of felt felt like I was at the top of where I could be in this particular company. I mean, it was a small business, you know, we were getting paid, you know, pretty decent for, for our age, you know, the employees there, uh, but there just was no room to grow. And, you know, I thought to myself, like, how, how am I going to get ahead? Am I ready for college at this time? Or do I want to, you know, try something different? Um, and I literally overnight just kind of thought, Oh, maybe, maybe the military would be a good choice. Like it would kind of, um, get me outside of my element, get me out of this godforsaken town that I've been living in my whole life and, uh, allow me to kind of explore and see the world a little bit. Um, and also kind of gain <laughs> that one up, uh, from my peers at the time, which, you know, seemed pretty enticing to me. Um, another aspect of it was, you know, I was a pretty play it safe kind of guy growing up, you know, I always consider myself the logical one out of a group of friends. I mean, I, you know, we did stupid shit growing up, but like, I always kind of, eh, maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that guys. You know, maybe we shouldn't fucking pour gasoline on a flame and, and see what happens. I mean, of course I did it, but you know, I kind of, uh, always had that, um, that mentality. So I figured joining the military would kind of expose me to, you know, be, you know, facing my fears a little bit more and kind of, uh, doing something a little more dangerous than you, know, you could normally find in a, in a day-to-day job or hobby or anything like that. So, you know, those were my two driving factors. And I'd say I definitely got, um, my fair share of kind of both experiences. I did deploy to Afghanistan. Um, I was supporting combat troops 
uh, with their, you know, their network infrastructure and their communication equipment. Um, so I wasn't on the front lines day in and day out, like, uh, you know, other folks are, but, you know, there were times overseas where, you know, I felt like maybe I wasn't going to survive the day, you know, um, a lot of, you know, mortar rounds, rocket attacks and events on convoys and things like that, that, you know, could have gone any which way. And, uh, you know, they didn't, um, fortunately um yeah and that's what but yeah that's what kind of i i you know when we've talked about this in the past like you know when you first went you're like hey you know i'm gonna go to the army i'm gonna be doing technical technical stuff pretty much network you know management it stuff and i'm like oh nice dude that's that's awesome uh and then (laughs) i think when you said you know you got there on that first trip back you're like yeah we ended up doing that but we also did you know a lot of shit that i didn't necessarily expect uh, and you were just talking about, you know, that when you're there, you pretty much do whatever the fuck you have to, or you're told to do. So that was pretty eye opening for me. Yeah. You know, you know, the, the, when the recruiter is talking to you, they're kind of saying, Oh no, you're going to be doing your job. This, this is what you signed up for this, you know, don't worry about anything. And then, you know, you get over there and uh, you're basically at the needs of the army, you know, whatever the mission, the mission uh, calls for, you, you can't say no, you know, you're a soldier, you, you know, you're, you're trained to fight um, with many different weapons and many different scenarios. You're, you know, that's what you do. You train to fight. So um, like I said, my experience over there wasn't extremely bad. Um, it was, you know, I, I enjoyed myself for the most part and it's an experience I'll never uh, relive again. And, um, you know, I'd say it was worth it, but at the same time, a lot of times I use this, um, this saying, you know, it was the, the best thing I ever did in my life and also the worst thing I ever did in my life. Um, and we can dive into that a little bit more, uh, when you do your, your feature on, on veterans and, you know, have a couple other people on. Cause I think it'll resonate with them and with anyone else who's willing to listen. Um, But yeah, uh, joining the military at this day and age, when we've been fighting wars for over a decade, um, you know, there are also negative effects that can affect your life. If you're not, you know, checking in with yourself and, and keeping your mind uh, as sharp as it, it can be, you know? So, yeah, man. And, and I think that that kind of information is all shit that like just a regular guy doesn't really know. Right. So that kind of stuff or guy or girl. So, so that kind of shit is the stuff that, you know, I see it on the surface level. I'm like, Oh wow. Kids going to Afghanistan. It's fucking crazy. Or like when my brother went over, you know, you get nervous about it. You don't know anything that happens over there. So we've talked about the reason for having like one episode in the future with all you guys on would be just some better insight to that. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, one of the things that you see with you guys, like you, my brother, my cousin, uh, any of your buddies that had that military background and experience is like, you guys form a a pretty unique bond. And uh, it's something that, you know, I experience from afar and I get to see that. And I think that's, that's awesome, but it's like a, a different bond, right? Like I would never have that kind of a bond with, with, my friends or brothers, I just never shared that experience with you. So it's, it's a pretty cool, cool thing to see. Um, <laughs> one of the things to lighten it a little bit that you talked about back there, how you were like the logical guy and, you know, you never, 
you're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. Well, for the people listening, Sean also uh, decided that we'd pour a gas line of gasoline from the door of his house all the way to a ditch that we dug underneath his treehouse. (laughs) And we filled it and put the mini bike next to it because we wanted to blow up our mini bike. And then we shot Roman candles at it or. Or no, we lit it with a match. We told the police we shot Roman candles, right? Or or did we shoot Roman candles? I don't remember. Uh, we did have some sparklers, sparklers. as evidence uh, for the police to, you know, think that maybe we were lighting the sparklers and that's what set it off. But uh, yeah, we were, I think we were like 14, 13 at the time and just being freaking stupid man oh i'll never i'll um, never forget when we're at we're back there we fucking panic because the the treehouse lit on fire and everything's like getting out of control so we're like oh fuck what do we do and then all you hear is the sirens and the the, the fire truck starts coming around the corner on the street and we're like oh fuck they're coming to your house because the neighbors called the cops so we all run inside we're all hiding i remember i was hiding in a closet and <laughs> the fire the firemen open the door and come inside and they're like where the fuck are you what are you kids doing and he calls each and every one of us outside but i didn't go i hid in the closet because like fuck it they're all out there they don't think there's anyone else inside and all of a sudden i hear sean say uh there's actually one more kid inside (laughs) and fucking wrap me (laughs) up to the fire firemen so you know police are there too It it was a big fire and they decided to drive us home. So me and my brother, Eric, get in a, a police car. And I remember we're, we're going up the street and this is literally a two block drive. And we're like, it was like the longest fucking drive of our life. And we're, we're in the back of this police car and we're driving up the street and my mom's walking the dog. And, and you see her look at the police car like, oh, why is there a police car on the street? And then she notices that both of us are fucking in the back seat of it. Oh, my God. That was, a, that was wow. a rough one. We had to write those letters and all that shit. What, a, what, what an experience. Yeah, I do remember having to go to the library and write these long letters to the police station apologizing for what we've done. And, um, you know, your mother, being the hard ass that she is sometimes, was saying, oh, yeah, they're going to press charges if you don't if you don't uh, write this letter. So you better fucking do it. (laughs) And uh, I just remember being scared shitless. I made you know, I think she made us rewrite it a couple of different times. And um Later, we found out that we didn't have to do that at all. You know, we got off kind of scotch-free. And, um, oh, yeah. But, hey. You know, when we went to the police station to drop the fucking letters off, those guys were like, what the fuck is this? What are you guys dropping off to us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, the fa- I remember the look on their face. Like, uh, the fuck? Yeah. But, dude, so, so I just wanted to jump back into that story because that always cracks me up. But, yeah, as we fast forward a little bit and, and – one of the things that I also wanted to talk about, which which is a little bit more serious, but also kind of a funny scenario right now, you know, uh, you're on the prowl, you're on the dating scene. So I know you've got a couple good stories there. I'd love to uh, love to hear about it. Well, yeah, it's been a, a long road, man. Um, so if anyone is interested, I've separated from my wife for about two years now, going through a divorce. Um, I got back into the dating scene a couple of years ago. I actually kind of fell into a relationship for over a year with somebody that just, it just wasn't right. Um, I let it linger on a little bit longer than I should have. And it was a hot mess for a little while, but uh, 
I got, you know, a clear head and, you know, gave myself some time and got back out there. Um, but yeah, if anybody is trying to date in their thirties and just like me, um, you know, it's not like when you're teenagers, it's, it's a lot difficult, you know, it's a lot more difficult and, you know, people, you know, you talk to them for a little while, they start, you know, you start getting into them, you start liking them. And then all of a sudden they, they fucking drop a bomb on you and there's some, you know, kind of something out of left field that kind of uh, takes you for by surprise. And uh, one of those things was, you know, figuring out this girl I was about to meet up with and possibly even sleep with had herpes, you know. Um, And I had gotten out of my teenage years and my 20s sleeping with different women and, you know, thankfully never had a scare like that you know what i'm saying um so that you know having to deal with that in your early 30s and you know the the moral kind of uh battle you go back and forth in your in your mind with uh should i risk it or should i walk away from it you know it's kind of uh you know back in the day obviously it would have been a clear no for me um but as you get older, it's a little bit harder to, to find connection. I, I, I'm finding. So, um, that was something unexpected and definitely, uh, morally difficult to, uh, navigate through if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, you know, (laughs) we've talked over this in private, but it, good thing that that she told you like that honestly but uh also holy fuck that's that's kind of scary stuff so uh happy you made you know the correct decision for yourself and and, you know it it sucks to be in that scenario for anybody um but yeah it's just just kind of crazy to to hear that shit but um yeah man that you know it's it's pretty funny uh hello All right. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that. Clearly, we had some technical difficulties, which is a learning experience. And what will help with that is I'm going to fucking document it so we'll know what we did wrong. Uh, And I can help all you other people that are building some podcasts figure out what not to do. Um, But, you know, I know we covered some of the basics of of where we're from, who we are. We covered your military experience, you know, talk a little bit about your marriage and and uh, your kids and, you know, you got an awesome family of brothers and and your mom's the bomb. We had so many good times, uh, at your house growing up. I think the funniest thing about that is that it was so close to mine. You know, all we had to do was cut through the woods for like a quarter of a second. Uh, and, and we'd be over there. I still remember, you know, catching the bus or walking to school in the mornings and we'd be at your house, like seventh grade, watching TRL, you know, before we had to go with a couple other guys, <laughs> watching some uh, Freak on a Leash videos. Oh, corn was big back then, man. Oh, yeah. That probably was the sole motivator behind the band Schneg, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was the sole <laughs> motivator behind my prison-style corn tattoo that I have on my upper right thigh. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, I'll tell a brief intro to this because I, I was there for one of them. I don't think I was there for the others, but uh, Sean was always into tattoos. He's got a ton of them now. Pretty much, actually, we can talk about that as well, how you're working on your whole leg pretty much. But 
early on, he was like, I'm going to get a tattoo, but I'm too young. So I'm going to make a tattoo gun and tattoo myself. So instead of just ordering a tattoo gun, Sean took a fan motor and this was like pre YouTube. So you weren't going on YouTube and saying, Hey, how do I build this? I think what the hell did you read fucking documentation on how to build a tattoo gun in prison or something? Cause he, t- <laughs> he took these Indian ink pens, drained them out into like a needle and attached it with elastics to a fan belt or a fan motor. And, and I'll, I'll let Sean tell this story, but it's, it's fucking hilarious. Someone ended up writing poop on their leg and these tattoos were permanent. Oh yeah. Still have my, I still have, I, I think I did three of them on my leg. One of them says corn. Uh, the other one is if anyone knows of the band Sepultura, they're a Brazilian metal band. They have kind of a tribal S as their kind of symbol. I've got that tattooed on my leg as well. Um, but the first tattoo gun that we actually made in my basement was out of a commercial fan motor, not a little personal fan motor. I'm talking the big industrial size fans with the big metal <laughs> motor in the center. And that thing overheated. The thing was hot as hell after a few minutes. And you had to hold it kind of like you were picking up a rock. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't hold it like a like you can a regular tattoo gun. This thing was beefy. This thing was loud. I don't know how my mother, you know, got away with not ever wondering what the fuck we were doing downstairs. But um, thank God she didn't. Um, but yeah, these uh, these prison style tattoos <laughs> that I continue to have on my skin here a good little uh conversation pieces when i go and get my real tattoos done uh at a reputable shop these days so yeah so you said that the other day you sent that picture but how what are you what are you doing here literally your whole leg yeah so uh i don't know if you're familiar with the original tattoo i had on my leg um mm-hmm. It was also done by one of my friends, non-professional, but this time he did have a tattoo gun. So, you know, this was his first time tattooing somebody other than, you know, maybe he practiced on a melon or something before that. Wait, Um, no, I did not know this. I thought that, I thought the leg one was professional. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you, this is my third time getting a cover up on that leg so oh <laughs> second time covering it up third tattoo overall so i'm hoping third time's a charm here um the first was it, time was was it a local guy or is it like uh, one of your army friends that did that uh my buddy drew i don't know if you remember him oh he, holy shit yeah totally i totally remember that kid i haven't i haven't heard from him in a long time yeah so he did it the first time you know i think maybe we you know he had taken some mushrooms or something that night and said, Hey, let me tattoo your leg. So I, uh, I let him do it. And it kind of came out like complete fucking garbage (laughs) as, as expected. I don't know why I thought it would come out any good, but, um, I ended up getting it done, getting it covered by a really good artist named Hector Cedillo. And he did the original tattoo on my leg 12 or 13 years ago um and it held up pretty well uh 
other than the last couple of years here, I started to see that old tattoo coming through again. Um, and I had reached out to him and asked him, Hey, you got to touch this thing up. I mean, the old tattoos coming through He's like, no, man, I'm going to cover that thing too. And I'm going to do a whole new piece on you. And we're going to cover up the, the second piece that he did on me, make it even bigger, make it even better. Um, which to be honest with you, I had no idea how he was going to pull off. Um, but it's a work in progress. It's looking good. Kind of looks like a, a clusterfuck right now with an outline over an old colored leg sleeve. Um, if you can picture that, if you will. Um, but you know, I trust him, and, you know, basically what he was telling me was that the technology and the ink and the, the tattoo guns and even the healing process, uh, nowadays, as opposed to, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, when I got, got it originally is so much better that, you know, he's like, I can cover anything. So I've got faith, you know, I've got faith that everything's going to work out, but, um, yeah, word to the wise, don't let your friends tattoo you. Um, I have a cousin named Tim, Tim McDevitt, <laughs> um, and Keith knows him well, and he is covered in prison-style tattoos. He and... has some of the worst tattoos I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, just... I, I want to actually put a picture of his Boston sports team's tattoos on the Instagram account so people can actually see this. Uh, maybe I'll do that on a story or something. Uh, do you, you Did you save that picture I sent you? I, I think I have it somewhere. I fucking hope so. Okay. Okay. It is literally the worst, probably the worst tattoo I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. Oh, by far. And, you know, I, I told him, I was like, Timmy, do not let anybody else tattoo you, <laughs> you know, unless you go to a professional. He's like, I won't, I won't. And then Two months later, he comes down for the weekend, and his other arm is now covered with a cruise ship with the most butchered <laughs> lines I've ever fucking seen in my life, and this shark that looked like my four-year-old drew it, um, and oh, I, I just, no, no hope for him at all, you know? The fucking most hilarious tattoos on any human being starting out that he got his own last name spelled incorrectly on him. And that was years ago. And then the, this, this picture, and I, I have to, I hope I have it cause I will post it so people can actually see it. But he fucking, he was so proud about those Boston sports teams. Ones. He's like, no, he's going to fix it. It's going to, it's going to look way better. Like, don't worry about it. And the oh, clear, yeah. clear delusion on that end. He'd be a funny guy <laughs> to talk to on here. <laughs> Oh, he would be. He definitely would be. Um, but correction to your statement about his last name. He doesn't have it spelled incorrectly. He actually has his last name tattooed on him twice. Once on oh. his leg and once on his forearm. So I thought the uh, forearm one said like Mr. Devitt or something like that. Cause the, yeah, the... the C does kind of look a little bit like an R. But uh, <laughs> either way, he's got it on him twice. So. I don't know which is worse. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. That's so fucking funny. Well, 
I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. So I hope everyone enjoyed this first interview because the time fucking flew by very, very quickly there. Um, so, uh, you know, we definitely enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, you know, give us some feedback, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next time we do an interview with Sean, some of our other friends that, that have some military backgrounds and we kind of do a deep dive into it and, and get kind of the bigger picture of, of a little, some of the things we talked about. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So, Sean, thanks, bro. Anything else you want to you talk before we jump off? Yeah, I want to apologize to anybody listening who listened to my riveting fucking life story up into uh, my military years there. Um, you know, first time nerves, I guess, got the best of me here. I swear I'll get, I'll, I'm going to get a little bit better here as we go on next time. Um, but I do apologize. I swear I'm a little more interesting than I led, led on to be. So we, we, just we want to leave that. you guys with that. We won't add that to the dating profile. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care.